Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. So, Paul, the overwhelming opinion across the NFL is the Dolphins for the 2019 year overachieved, and we've, we've tended to agree with that. So it came as a very big surprise that the Dolphins let go three coaches just one day after this 27-24 victory over the Patriots in New England, they let go offensive line coach Dave DeGumliato, if I'm saying that correctly, safeties coach Tony Oden, and the biggest surprise, offensive coordinator Chad O'Shea. And they've already made their hire, bringing Chan Gailey out of retirement to really man the offense here in 2020 and beyond that. So, what was your first reaction to this? Obviously, we expected Chad O'Shea to be back in 2020, and he's not. Right. It's it's. I mean, I'll I'll knock out the other two first just to get him out of the way. Tony Oden leaving. Okay. You know, I, I'm I'm not hugely broken up by that. It's. I thought we had an overperforming secondary based on the injuries, based on the fact that we were literally pulling guys off practice squads and throwing them in the starting roles in the secondary. I can't pin all of that on Odin, but again, it's Flores is a defensive guru. And if he wasn't happy with something with Odin, okay. Duglioma, that's a tough one because he really wasn't given the resources. And I thought the offensive line performed better down the stretch. To use the word you did, they overachieved. Chad O'Shea was a surprise at first. It's, I mean, you could see Ryan Fitzpatrick loved him. He got a lot of consistency out of, out of Fitzpatrick, which is something that's been a knock on Fitz throughout his entire career. There's a reason for that meme that's out there with the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle. And really, he, he helped bring Devontae Parker along, you name it. But Miami is going to be moving towards a young quarterback. Colleges run this spread offense nonstop, and Chan Gailey is definitely a spread offensive guru. It's getting a little bit away from from being the Patriots, and it's kind of caused me to rethink everything strategically with the Dolphins as far as fits go, as far as how play how what type of players to look for for their system. Uh, it, it's it's caused me to revamp a little bit of my draft stuff. It's caused me to revamp something we're doing in an upcoming show as far as our free agents, uh, as targets go, because Miami's going to this system that's friendly for college quarterbacks when they come out to be able to make the transition a little quicker and easier to the NFL level, and, and that's what you'll get with Chan Gailey. Yeah, and... 
I've kind of gone in the same path as you, uh, where the first two things I look at with an offensive coordinator and why I was surprised and disappointed at first that Chad, Chad O'Shea wasn't brought back is, number one, the first question I ask is, did the offense play above its talent level? And my answer to that was a resounding yes especially after Fitzpatrick was put back in the lineup. Number two, was the in-game play calling good? That was a yes, too. I mean, a resounding yes for me on both of those things. So that that's where I was a little disappointed. But as I started thinking about it a little bit more, in terms of, of developing that young quarterback, like you said, and in terms of using the current personnel on the roster, then – Chad O'Shea was not a good fit moving forward. And Brian Flores, kudos to him for having the foresight to see that. And what I mean by that is, obviously, the Dolphins are very heavy a wide receiver now. I mean, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Albert Wilson, Isaiah Ford, Jakeem Grant, all under contract next year. And Mike Kosicki, I think we're going to see this year, he's going to be used more in that Quincy and Nunwa type of role that uh, – and Nunwa had uh, almost 900 yards with the Jets and, Ch- and Chan Gailey's final year with Brian Fitzpatrick there, and he really projects as the same type of player. So given that, the good thing is I don't think we're going to see a lot of these three tight end sets with, with Gesicki, Clive Wolford, and Durham Smythe, and thank God for that. Yeah, I mean, you can pretty much kiss Clive Wolford goodbye you can probably kiss Durham Smythe goodbye. It, it's the intriguing thing with Shane Gailey is he doesn't just run your traditional spread offense where you got to have these wide receivers, et cetera. He's taken varied personnel and, and really done that as, as, as you alluded to a little bit there with Quincy and one, he's done it with two tight ends, but they were good tight ends um, as far as receiving threats go. So He's able to mix and match that personnel. And I got to say, as far as Patrick Laird goes, I think he becomes more effective in Chan Gailey's offense. Uh, Chan Gailey will use two running backs in the spread periodically. So don't discount using Patrick Laird along with a rookie they draft or a free agent they go after and you name it. And, and the good thing is it spreads the defenses out. When, when, you're, when you're pushing these guys wide, it gives you the opportunity, as, as you alluded to, to utilize Jakeem Grant, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, and Albert Wilson all on the same play and, and still be able to run the ball. It, it relies a little bit more on your quarterback being able to run the ball and be mobile, but there's a lot to like about, about this move, even though I really did like O'Shea. Yeah, and as – when you look to even go a step further at the wide receiver spot in the final two years that he was with the jets, uh, according to Mike clay NFL on Twitter, um, they used three wide receiver sets over 85% of the time. And they used four wide receiver sets about half the time. So you're going to get all those guys on the field. As far as going back to Durham Smythe, I think Smythe will be on the team again simply because he's under contract for two more years and he'll probably make about 600 grand a year and he's a decent blocker and but I think that's what his role is going to be he's going to be the strictly that in that inline blocker uh, as far as how Gailey has used tight ends it doesn't it hasn't differed a lot 
since when he coached when he was the offensive coordinator of the Dolphins 20 years ago. And Hunter Goodwin was the Dolphins' starting tight end, and he only caught a few passes that year, but was a great blocker. I think you're going to see Durham Smythe in that same type of role. And again, to make it clear, Mike Kosicki is a wide receiver in this type of offense, and really he has been throughout the year. Either way, he's a very good chess piece on that. So, um, also, if you look back at Ryan Fitzpatrick's last two years with the Jets, he had over 6,600 yards, 43 touchdowns, 32 interceptions. He actually played even better for the Dolphins this past year. And to me, Paul, I think what also factored into this with Gailey is sweetening the pot a little bit for Ryan Fitzpatrick to come back next year at 38 years old instead of retire. I differ from you a little bit there just because, you know, and I know I sent you a thing to watch on this. I think the pot would have been sweetened for Fitzpatrick, whether it was O'Shea or whether it was Gailey. What I think happened here is Flores made his calls to Gailey. Gailey said, hell yeah, I'll come back. And it wasn't so much poor performance by O'Shea as it was just a preference from Brian Flores as far as what he wanted to do offensively. And it's a bonus that, that the offensive coordinator should work well with Ryan Fitzpatrick. At the end of the day, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a hell of a season. He he was the team MVP, um, and, and, and that's all well and good. But make no mistake, he's still a shepherd for that role. That he, He's a placeholder for that role. And, and each season we go on here at 37 years old right now, he becomes more and more of a placeholder when he returns as far as that goes. So he's not the long-term at quarterback. Chan Gailey coming in. I, I can't expect that it's for anything other than, you know, trying to keep him for multiple years. So really he's only going to be there for a very, very short period of time that Ryan Fitzpatrick probably is, whether the answer is Rosen, which I know some of our viewers hate. I'm hopeful that Rosen's developing a little more than, than folks think, or if it's a rookie quarterback or you name it, whatever they do at the position, that's truly who's going to have to be molded by Chan Gailey and, and, and work well with Chan Gailey down the stretch. And, yeah. and so I can't think of it as the Fitzpatrick piece. Yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, I, I could see them more looking at the, like you said, with the college football, with the, with the quarterbacks coming out of college football and saying, we need somebody who is a quick decision maker quarterback and or is mobile. One of those two things. That is not Josh Rose. Well, Josh Rosen, I'm not going to say he's a slow decision maker, but his anticipation certainly hasn't been there. I don't see him being a great fit in this offense with Gailey. I could be wrong. I mean, Chan Gailey has been offensive coordinator of, uh, you know, the Steelers way back when they started, you know, Mike Tomzak for a year and Rosen's kind of a, a similar type of mold as, as he was, you know, 20 something years ago. Um, I, I think this really increases the chances that if Tua comes out that, uh, that he's, that he's the pick, cause I can see Fitzpatrick Rosen and Tua being your three guys, 
for 2020 um, while Tua continues to rehab. I could also see Jordan Love entering the picture because Jordan Love is a great athlete and a moldable piece of clay that could be your starting quarterback, if not in 2020, then in 2021, depending how the pre-draft process plays out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jordan Love's the guy that the Dolphins sent scouts to look at even when he wasn't coming out of the draft. So that's something we've got to factor in as well. So it's really, there's a lot of these college guys. I mean, hell, even if they could do the unthinkable, the unimaginable, that's supposedly impossible and, and make a move up to get Tua, or not Tua, uh, Burrow. Or if the Bengals are enamored with Tua or Justin Herbert and, and Miami's able to do that as well. So there, there's a lot of possibilities right now. And really, a lot of these quarterbacks coming out are a perfect fit for the spread offense, which is great to see. One guy who isn't, in my opinion, and this is probably my favorite part of Chan Gailey being hired, is I I can't see a scenario where Justin Herbert is their fifth overall pick. I, I wasn't leaning in that direction anyway with Chad O'Shea here. I really can't see it with Chan, with Chan Gailey because the the two knocks against Herbert is – even though he has incredible arm talent and great size, he's not a fast decision maker, and he's not mobile. Uh, he's it, it, by far the least mobile quarterback among all the guys that you see projected to go in the first round right now. And I, I, we're getting ahead of ourselves with the draft, with our draft coverage coming up here in the next few months. But that's music to my ears that Justin Herbert we're, probably won't be a consideration now. But we're not getting ahead of ourselves. It, it's officially the Dolphins offseason or That's unofficially right. the Dolphins offseason. We're not ahead of ourselves talking about the draft. And honestly, one thing I do want to say here, we've been getting some great feedback out on YouTube, et cetera. Let us know your thoughts on this move, because I'm curious to see. We get a lot of really good feedback. I'm sure some of you will let us know anyway, but, but definitely let us know your thoughts. If you're listening on, on this coaching move on the offseason, on what you want to see out of this chain Gailey hire, it, because there's been some great feedback and great interaction there in the comments. So, Yeah, well said. And Jerry Schlepinski, the Dolphins quarterback coach that, that stepped in here, uh, especially after Jim Caldwell had to leave for health reasons, is, is somebody that if you, you ask around, he, he's on the up and up in the Dolphins organization. And a, a lot of people felt that Schlepinski and Ryan Fitzpatrick is what invigorated this offense, not Chad O'Shea. So sometimes it it's a little up in the air as far as what's going on there in the coaching room and behind closed doors. So that's a name certainly to keep an eye out for. But to go back, uh, Paul, on Dave DeGumliato, and thank, my favorite part is I don't have to try to say his name anymore. Um, he has been fired for the third time by the Dolphins in nine years. It's got to be an NFL record. He was with Tony Sperano's staff in 2011. He was with Adam Gaze's staff in 2017. And after uh, Pat Flaherty was fired a few days in training camp, that whole weird situation, he took over as the line coach again. Yeah, I, you know, uh, one part of me thinks when you look at this offensive line, what did you expect the guy to do? I mean, you can't make, you can't take, you know, chicken shit and turn it into chicken salad. But I, I also say too, I, and this is where we we certainly differ. I don't think the offensive line got better as the year progressed. I, I think the biggest difference is that Ryan Fitzpatrick, as soon as he got the ball, was able to get out of dodge very very quickly. Because in rewatching some of those games, watching Jesse Davis at right tackle, watching Jamarcus Webb 
and Julian Davenport at left tackle. Uh, I I saw I I couldn't help but think if Josh Rosen were a quarterback, the Dolphins wouldn't have given up 58 sacks uh, on the year to lead the league. It would have been over 70. I mean, it would have been that bad. And at, at the running game, they were the worst running game in the NFL by over 100 yards. They're averaging 3.3 yards a carry. So I, I don't I don't pay place the the blame on Degumliato there. I completely, but I, I also have to say too, and look at him and think, Michael Dieter didn't get better. Shaq Calhoun didn't get better. Really, nobody on this line got better. Yeah, I mean, when I say got better, um, I definitely don't mean that anybody hit the point of being an all-pro. Uh, I don't think anybody hit the point of being very good. Uh, but talent-wise, I don't think it was in the DNA for a lot of these guys. What I mean is they found ways to make them okay-ish. And, and unfortunately, okay-ish for this offensive line is overachieving. And, you know, you're going to hear a lot of that, I think, from both of us when we do our upcoming free agent show as far as our, our, our free agent targets. I think I'd be utterly shocked if you don't have a few linemen in your free agency list. I know I do. But, you know, I, and really it's something where the talent level needs to come up to to really get an effective evaluation of almost anybody. So for them to 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 feel that the Googliomo or the Googliata or the Google the, the Googly eyes there, or we'll go with the Googly eyes, um, is not effective even without the talent level to deal with. I'm kind of good there. It's it's. And, and I don't care. At least he wasn't doing blow off a desk. That that's that's what I'll go with for that. Yeah, that's he wasn't doing blow there. off a desk. Good job, buddy. Have, have a nice time. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. And Tony Odin, you know, whatever. I I was a little surprised by this too because uh, they, you know, he's he's not the quarterback coach or overall defensive back coach. He's a safety coach, and they moved Eric Rowe to strong safety, and he had a fantastic year, and. Um, Stephen Parker, they they took off the Rams practice squad, and and had him at free safety, and I thought he played above his talent level too. And Bobby McCain, I thought that was going to be a disaster. He played a little bit better than I thought before he got hurt. I'd still like to see him in Nickelback though. So that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins coaching staff and these changes. Maybe there will be a few more along the way. Uh, the rumor is that, and, and this is a tweet from C.K. Parrott that. If Mark Colombo gets out of his contract in Dallas, then he could be a very hot candidate for the Dolphins' offensive line coach. He was a teammate of Brian Flores at Boston College. So you can follow Paul and I for our ongoing draft and off-season coverage on the Fin side uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic. Ph underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it's on the fence side. So, D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.